Hello. Hello! Welcome to Sit for a Spell, a podcast where we discuss the lore, the traditions, and modern practices of the occult. Learn alongside us as we explore the many ways the witches of today observe their craft. So grab your book of shadows, light your candles. It's time to sit for a spell. Hello. Hello. Hello, all. Welcome back to Sit for a Spell podcast. I'm James. I'm Jess. And um, <laughs> we are still on maternity leave. We, a collective, all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is um, another in our line of pre recorded video. Not well, we're videoing, but you don't see it. Maybe one yeah, day. We're contemplating the idea of possibly re- releasing some recorded video. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, we'll we'll have to know ahead of time because I have to like put something on. Oh yeah, like a live stream. <laughs> like I'm a live, literally live in my pajamas right now. <laughs> oh yeah, put some no. on my face. No, thank you. Something put myself together. But you that's know. something for future. We're thinking about it. About. Yeah, not present yeah. us. Um, yeah, present yeah. us is in March second, twenty twenty one. Hello to future. <laughs> followers hi hello hi we love you you do today we're talking about cryptids no discussion something fun yeah we don't know what's happening in the world so we're not going to talk about the world because the world that we're currently in it's not the world you are in (laughs) we don't Mm. know what's happening hopefully it's better hopefully that'd be cool yeah, that would cool. yeah, but this is just fun and easy and just something to get you through the next, I don't know, 45 minutes of distracting yourself or while you're cleaning or cooking or driving or jogging, mm-hmm. whatever it is you do. Jogging. I don't know why I said, ooh, jogging. I hate jogging. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. But if yeah, you like it. Can be. Good for you. Then you got my respect for sure. <laughs> You'd want to jog away from this guy. That's for sure. <laughs> Probably. Not. That's called a segue. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start. This is a cryptid episode, by the way, if we didn't say that already. Um, I think we did. I'm going to start with the bunyip. And mm. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I think I am. Bunyip. Uh, not my a sources bunny. are not a bunny. No. (laughs) My sources are Wikipedia, mythology.net, so not Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, educational, Uh, the Mm -hmm. australiangeographic.com, because this dude lives in Australia. So if we have any Australian Mm. listeners, one, I apologize, (laughs) two, um, thank you, and three, let me know if you've heard of this guy. Girl yeah, thing. I almost said hello, governor, but that's not even Australian, and that's how ignorant we as Americans are. <laughs> I don't know how. I'm not an an accent person, so I no, all of my accents sound made up. <clears throat> like people don't talk like that anywhere in the world, <laughs> or they all sound <laughs> of like I don't know, like a cross between like Irish and Jamaican, and like. It's just you can no one needs to Russian. hear it. You can get real Russian sometimes. Russian I can do, yeah. That's a, that's yeah. fun. But I won't do it yeah. because I'm it's just 
I don't need to. <laughs> you guys don't need to hear that. <laughs> I won't put you guys through that. <laughs> That's funny. All right, let's talk about this this creature. So do it. The bunyip is a creature from Australian Aboriginal mythology. Um, mm. said to lurk, lurk in swamps, billabongs, <laughs> creeks, rivers, and water holes. It's a water creature. Mm. It's like a it's one of those ones that can go in and out of the water, you know, like a hippo. But mm. like an evil hippo. Hippos are even also though, very dangerous. Hippos are like the number one dangerous animal. I didn't even know. Yeah. They're yeah. more likely They're very to be eaten by a hippo than a shark. Or not They're eaten, not ballerinas. They're gonna kill you, but like a bunch they of don't people eat. die every year from hippos. They don't eat you? What do they do? No, they just like, stomp you. They're just mad? Yeah, they'll like chomp you or stomp you. They're just <laughs> they're very territorial. Mm. Very territorial. And they have little flappy ears. <gasps> they're so stinking cute though. The babies, baby hippos so don't even look like they belong on Earth. They look like an alien. They're it's so ridiculous. Cute. Okay. Anywho, the bunyip <laughs> is part of traditional Aboriginal beliefs and stories throughout Australia. Um, its name is tied to um, tribal uh, heritage. Um, mm-hmm. in a book from 20, not 2021, that's now, mm. 2001, <laughs> <laughs> um, Robert Holden said that there are at least nine regional variations of this thing known as the bunyip across aboriginal australia okay so the um, origin of the word bunyip has been traced all the way to the wemba wemba or where gaia language of the aboriginal people of victoria um, in southeastern australia okay. and um, europeans recorded various written accounts of bunyips in the early um, and mid 19th century, or that's 1800s, as they mm-hmm. began to settle the land, as white yes. people will do. Uh, the um, apparent, apparently, Australians <laughs> disagree about the bunyip's disposition, and mm. um, some say that his creepy appearance, because this thing is weird. I'll tell you in a minute. Um, <laughs> and his booming kind of like cries, his call, um, kind of like paint him as like a nightmarish creature, right? With but he only has a very small death toll. He like doesn't like oh, eat everybody. He's misunderstood. Yeah, so he might just be like, I don't know, misunderstood. But yeah, like you said. Um, but apparently okay. as well, he has been accused of killing several Aboriginal people, um, usually by hugging them to death, like a snake. But he's hmm. not a snake. He's just lonely. <laughs> he's more like a dog. Maybe he's just so lonely <laughs> that he wants hugs, but he's so strong. And he's like, oh, God damn it. Like Frankenstein. Yeah, he doesn't. He's like. Or Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, or like, what's the one from. Of mice and men, is it George? Oh yeah, I don't remember his name. The bunny. High school was a long time ago. It was puppies. Was it either it? Lenny it or George? It was one of the two. But yeah, like yeah. that. Um, mm. Some describe him as a benevolent protector of the Australian wildlife. Oh. 
while others describe them as a bloodthirsty predator with a taste for human flesh. I'm going to go with benevolent protector. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, I like this guy already. So, uh, he he or she or they or it is considered a water creature with supernatural powers. Um, Can go in the water and swim under the water, but can also live on land. Has a ferocious Mm -hmm. roar, um, which can like cripple people in fear, kind of like the Bigfoot. Um, One legend even describes the monster hypnotizing people. (gasps) Like that bridge thing. Remember that bridge creature I talked about? Yeah, it's like a goat kind of thing. Like a bridge goat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the name translates to devil or evil spirit, which don't they all, these cryptids? Yeah. yeah. Um, some modern sources kind of like connect linguistically between the bunyip and the bunjil, which is a mythic great man who like kind of lives mm-hmm. in the mountains, rivers. Um, then the word Bhanyip, which kind of is spelled a little bit differently, was seen in the Sydney Gazette for the first time in 1812, um, and was described as a large black animal, kind of like a seal with a terrible Mm -hmm. voice, which creates terror. Mm -hmm. Um, by 1850, Bunyip was also used as a synonym for imposter, pretender, humbug, and the like. So it was kind of used derogatory. Um, mm. The term bunyip in aristocracy in like 1853 described people who were aspiring aristocrats, mm-hmm. um, kind of like the bourgeoisie, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Mm, too fancy for me. Um, <laughs> in the early 90, 1990s, skipping a whole lot of time here, yeah. um, <laughs> apparently <laughs> Prime Minister Paul Keating Use the term to describe it members of the conservative liberal party. So it's like bashing. Like it, it got turned into like, yeah. like a not nice name, like name calling, you know? Yeah. 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 Which I find offensive. Rude. Rude. So what does this thing even look like? It wildly varies. Okay. <laughs> like. <laughs> We'll post pictures and you will see. Some of these things look like a weird sucky dog face thing. And some look like a wispy thing. And some look like a seal. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. So that one you sent me was like a squid with legs. It was. Yeah. Like it has like a sucky mouth. Like you can't see what I'm doing with my hands. But (laughs) like a. One of the doors. It's weird. Weird. So, George French Agnes um, had a description of the bunyip. Um, It was described as a water spirit of the Morundi people on the Murray River around 1847. And the description said it was much dreaded by these people. Um, It inhabited the Murray River, but they have some difficulty describing it its most unusual form is said to be that of an enormous starfish. So there's hmm. one. One. The Chalukum Benip uh, is an outline image of a bunyip carved by an Aboriginal group into the bank of the Fairy Creek um, near Victoria. And that was first recorded by the um, 
by a newspaper in 1851. And according to that report, the creature had been speared after it had killed one of the native group, a member of the native group. Um, mm-hmm. And a uh, person named Raynell Johns claimed that until the mid 1850s, um, people made a habit of visiting the place annually, the location where they, the, person and the creature were mm-hmm. killed retracing the outlines of the figure um which had been about 11 paces long and four paces in extreme breadth so i'm assuming big because like 11 a, paces is like 11 big like steps 11 feet. yeah yeah so pretty big um and unfortunately for whatever reason that outline image no longer exists suspicious Mm, suspicious so the bunyips kind of fit into two kind of main categories for most of the sightings and the categories Mm. are either seal or dog okay Okay. um so some say that they're long-necked creatures with small heads others are more like ambiguous about what they've seen the seal Mm -hmm. kind of like variety is most often described as being between four to six feet long Shaggy black or brown coat, um, rounder heads resembling a bulldog, prominent ears, no tail, whiskers like a seal or otter. Okay. Okay. The long-necked variety is allegedly between 5 and 15 feet long. That's a big difference. That's and a big difference. And it's said <laughs> to have um, black or brown fur, large ears, tusks, and a head oh. like a horse or an emu, which are very different. And an elongated have tiny little heads. They have tiny little heads. And horses have big heads. Um, <laughs> like notoriously horses have big heads. Like, like that's what they're known yeah. for. <laughs> Emus have tiny heads and big bodies. It's very confusing. Um, I told you, <laughs> wildly differ here. <laughs> yeah. I think these are different animals that they're talking about. <laughs> I think so. They're stoned on something. Um, yeah. But they have an elongated maned neck about three feet long with many folds of skin and a horse-like tail. So a horse emu. It's either like I a dog seal or a horse emu. Okay. I'm like trying um, to, everything you say, I'm trying to like add onto a creature in my brain and I can't even. <laughs> I don't. It's so weird. What, it doesn't so all weird. fit together. <laughs> no, it does not. They lay eggs. As well. Okay. Just to add, just to add on there. <laughs> um, they, a- lay, they lay eggs and they steal platypus nests because platypuses are negative. Platypi? Platypuses? Who platypuses? Platypuses? They, uh, they steal the nests. They're nocturnal. They swim really quickly. They have a loud roar and they eat crawfish. Hmm. What do they do with the um, nests? They just steal them and lay their own eggs in them because they're lazy. Oh. Okay. They're lazy. <laughs> okay. So really quickly, some sightings. Most of these are, they're all old. The most recent is 1974. So early documented okay. evidence is from 1818. Um, and this is from explorer Hamilton Humes. Uh, he is said to have found some bones that could not be traced to anything else. At first, they thought manatee or hippo, um, but they are were said to have been the bunyip. In 
1830, another mm. set of bones were found in Wellington Cave, and um, these say that they were possibly a giant extinct marsupial species that could possibly have been a bunyip, or explain the bunyip. Mm-hmm. In 1845, there was another fossil discovery, and this time claiming the fossil had been identified um, from a person from an Aboriginal group, uh, and again, an unknown species, quite possibly the bunyip. So a lot of bones are being found, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Again, in 1847, a very bizarre skull was found um, and attributed to the monster or creature. Um, although experts kind of identify the skull as belonging to, unfortunately, a deformed fetal calf. Um, so saying like that might have oh. been what it was. So uh, yeah. then during the early 1930s, a group of railway workers fled in horror after hearing strange noises they believed mm. to be a bunyip coming from the swamp. Um, they might have just wanted the day off, but who knows? <laughs> then in yeah. um, Burrowong, there was uh, in the 1960s, there was a bull like roar was often heard echoing from the swamp. The roar was so loud it shook the bottles off the top shelf of a bar. Recars a patron, mm. recalls a patron um, from the Burrowing pub. But again, mm. they're drunk there. So. <laughs> right <laughs> there's a lot of weird things going on in australia with the creatures no offense australians but you guys got there's a lot, a lot of creatures on. in australia you have a lot going on um but uh the bunyip hasn't been heard of or heard from or seen um since mm-hmm. 1974 when a very prominent swamp was dammed like dammed up Mm-hmm. Um, giving rise to theories that the creature um, came from that particular swamp, and ever since it's been dammed, it does not come out, or it's been it's since extinct. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, hmm. um, some of the popular explanations of this are again, extinct creature, um, an extinct marsupial, well, water marsupial. Um, the most popular theory is a Dipratrodon. I'm going to stay with that. Um, the giant mm-hmm. marsupial, which has been extinct in Australia for <laughs> over 46,000 years. But maybe there was some lurking around. Wow. Yeah. Um, also, Never know. elephant seals or leopard seals that just made their way into the swamps. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they yeah. have the same size. Features um, and loud barking sounds. But yeah. True. So that's yeah. the bunny. Up. Seals are very loud. Very. They're very loud. Yeah. So that's the Australian yeah. bunyip. Fun. Well, exciting. Cute. Confusing. <laughs> yeah. We're going to, we're going to put <laughs> pictures on the Instagram. So. If you can't, if you also can't imagine what this thing looks like, looks like <laughs> then yeah. go look there. Mm-hmm. All That's right. Funny. Before Jamie tells us about the Kraken, let's take a break. Hello, Sit for a Spell listeners. 
is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? With everything going on in the world right now, James and I have been feeling the stress and have been experiencing extra anxiety. And we know a lot of you have been feeling the same way, which is why BetterHelp, that's better, H-E-L-P, may be right for you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. That's right, Jess. And did you know you can start communicating in under 48 hours? Now, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is actual professional counseling done securely online. There's also a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available to you in your area. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly or video phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if and when you ever need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available, which is huge in the COVID-19 world. It's awesome. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You can visit their website and read testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash sit for a spell. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people are using BetterHelp that they're hiring new counselors in all 50 states. Yeah, get on that. Mm -hmm. Get on this too. Special offer for sit for a spell listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash sit for a spell that's better h-e-l-p.com slash sit for a spell we are back welcome back so we're gonna go to a whole other region of the world and we're gonna talk about the kraken the kraken so like the bunyip this thing is um very old ancient like 13th century old and um but there may be a modern modern times may have an answer for the kraken so we will get there when we get there so sources for this wikipedia.com wired.com which is actually where i got most of this information and then rutgers.edu so fancy you know Okay, the Kraken is a legendary sea monster. Um, he, they are said to look like an octopus. Um, they are legendary in Scandinavian folklore and Norse mythology has the Kraken living off the coasts of Norway and Greenland, terrifying sailors in the ne- nearby area, all along those seas and coasts. Mm-hmm. The Kraken is uh has been it's a huge focus of a lot of nordic countries and a lot and a staple in tons of um 13th century and from then till now sailor superstitions and myths for hundreds and hundreds of years mm-hmm. we've all heard of the, this guy so many so these kraken yeah. <laughs> yes Sorry. also i was telling just waiting to say that it's fine (laughs) i was telling jess i was trying to do this research and that stupid trump 
lawyer lady kept coming up because people called her the Kraken, even though <laughs> probably because like she did nothing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like her powers were blown out of proportion, like the Kraken. I don't know. I so, really don't. so I definitely had to kept, I had to keep typing in like Kraken myth, Kraken legend, Kraken animal. It was very annoying. Anyway. Okay. So the first written account of the Kraken is in 1250, which is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And it's written by an anonymous author. He describes the physical features and the feeding habits of the beast. He theorizes that there must only be two of these creatures living because they're always sighted in the they were always sighted in the same part of green of the Greenland Sea and that if there were more than two it would be very noticeable because of how big they were. So he theorized they were incapable of breeding and he noticed that there was not an increase in their numbers. So, hmm. or maybe they were both dudes or both ladies. Yeah, yeah, the incapable of breeding. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe they just couldn't couldn't have babies. Maybe they just hated each other. True. They're <laughs> like not if even not even if you were the last kraken on earth, you know, which you are, and so they stuck to it. That's how much I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So early early descriptions of the monster gave a more crab like appearance. And it wasn't until later that the uh, cephalopod description that we are used to today kind of became more popular. In the late 1400s, there's a story of a journey across the Greenland Sea where sailors come across two massive sea monsters and they called them, here we go, half Half Gufa and Limbaka. Yes. And these are what they're called. These are the names of them. And they're supposed to be a reference Mm -hmm. to Kraken-like creatures. And later in the 18th century, Carl Linnaeus included the Kraken in his first edition of his nature catalog, which is like kind of like uh, Darwin cataloging, you know, animals mm-hmm. yeah. he included the kraken oh, cool. and he called it a microcosmos, but he did not include it in later editions of the catalog only in the first one yeah there's been numerous tons probably countless books poems films comics movies that include the kraken Probably the most popular would be Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and uh, the film, the 1981 film Clash of the Titans and also Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, where you actually get to see the the monster, to see his mouth. Michael loves those movies. He loves them. They're not, I mean, they're fun. I like them. They're not like, they're not going to win any Oscars, but... No. They're a good time. Okay. There was um, a person named Eric Pontopidin, and they wrote a book about the look of the beast. So the the monster, the kraken, was said to sometimes be as big as an island itself. 
Mm. And that sometimes sailors would come upon it thinking it was an island and then oh. be kind of caught in its trap. So um, he said, I think it's he, I mean, I'm guessing it was in like a writer from way back when they didn't listen to women back then. No, they didn't. So um, he said that it was round, flat, and full of arms or branches and is the largest and most surprising of all animal creations. Hmm. He said he said to have spoken to a lot of fishermen at the time who all, quote, unanimous, unanimously. What is that? <laughs> unanimously? There you unanimously? Go. There, we go. there you go. <laughs> Affirm and without the least variation in each of their accounts. So he's saying all these people have seen this thing and they all say it looks the same. He spoke mm-hmm. to them all individually. So it said that if you row several miles out into the Norwegian Sea in the summertime, that you find yourself in danger of falling victim to the Kraken. And that you will know you are in the company of the Kraken when, if you're a fisherman, you start reeling in a inordinate amount of fish. Like there's more fish than you've ever seen in your life because the Kraken is said to be scaring the fish toward the surface of the water. Oh. And that you can't escape if you leave immediately. Like as soon as it happens, you have to go because the Kraken is quick. Mm-hmm. But if you don't leave immediately, you could find yourself um, kind of in its trap. And it was said to be a horrifying sight. And Pontopidon, he described the creature as several bright points or horns that grow thicker and thicker as they rise above the water and sometimes stand up as high as a lar- as high and large as the mast of a mid-sized vessel Ooh. with the horns being the tentacles yeah yeah so if the kraken doesn't kind of bring your ship down directly with its tentacles then it said that you could also be sucked into the whirlpool that the kraken creates as it makes its way up from the depths of the sea the creature's also said to have before. yeah he's also said to have a strong and peculiar scent and that he uses the scent to lure fish into its grasp mm-hmm. and if you happen to be part of its um unlucky dinner it said that he will open his arms seize you um, and swallow you whole and that he will then convert you into bait for more prey gross like a circle of life thing you know so a lot of these tales may or may not have happened it was you know centuries and centuries ago but Sightings of a large tentacled creature itself, like without any sort of attack, were certainly, they were more common than like whole ships being taken down. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that could be because of a very benign creature that we know for a fact exists today. Which one? And that is, there's two possibilities here. There is the giant squid and the colossal squid sounds similar they are 
terrifying on their own without being a kraken. And they're real. So they are real. They are, in fact, real. So the giant squid is said to um, grow up to 15 feet long. Mm-hmm. To be very thin, to have um, eight legs. So they call them, they have, he has two very, very long like tentacles mm-hmm. and then six shorter tentacles, which he uses oh. the long ones to kind of grab food and stuff. Yeah. But the colossal squid is said to grow up to 43 feet long. Fuck that. Yes. <laughs> I just hate. <laughs> you all know my feelings on ocean creatures. Keep going. Yes. <laughs> um, the, well, the only defense of the giant squid is ink. That's all it has. Okay. But the colossal squid um, is armed <laughs> with <laughs> a bigger mantle, which is like the head part of him. Yeah. Like the, you know, that part. Yeah. And swirling hooks on its suction cups instead of regular serrated edges why (laughs) so this is because (laughs) colossal squid um so injuries from these colossal squid can be seen on sperm whales who sperm whales are also like a part of where the kraken thing came from because they would see those injuries on the whales Mm -hmm. like there's a giant creature fighting these whales which Mm -hmm. they do they fight the sperm whales love to eat these squid so they fight like it really, really like incredibly deep parts of the ocean are these like giant animals like duking it out. It's I can't even think about it. Sounds horrible. It, ugh, I hate it. So the the sperm whales, they they sh- they kind of, they show up sometimes with these like circular scars around their bodies and around their mouths because that's where like they like to eat the squid. So they are trying to get away mm-hmm. and. It's, well, I just can't. I can't. <laughs> like they f- they be, fight. Mm-hmm. Could also be cookie cutter sharks. Cookie well, cutter sharks huge. are absolutely horrible. Oh, the the circles are huge. Yeah, because cookie cutter like sharks aren't huge, but they no they the, their mouths are circles. Yeah, yeah. These these scars are like you think of a sperm whale. Like sperm whales are huge, yeah. and these are like big scars on the whales themselves. So, I make it a point not to think about sperm whales. <laughs> they sleep like vertically. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's crazy. Like it. Okay, so no one's really seen these sort of um, battles, and no one's really seen how squids really hunt. But scientists speculate that both of these squids, the giant squid and the colossal squid, they sort of hang motionless in the water, mm-hmm. like vertically, and they just kind of wait for, they have their tentacles hanging below, and um, they kind of just wait for smaller squid or fish to kind of like find their way into their arms, and then they just, then they grab them. They grab them and they put them up in their terrifying beaks, and then... They're just like, they slowly peck away at their food and just like, just slowly eat it. Like being eaten by like a giant 
underwater bird. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, that could be an answer to our Kraken mystery. Um, because these things are humongous. If you, even the, the colossal squid was said to be a myth up and on, up only until about like not even 10 years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when they discovered it and they were like showing video and it's, it is unnerving to see video of these things, but so big, so big. So even though early sailors, they, they may have been sort of, uh, exaggerating the threats that come from these little guys or these big, huge guys, I should say. I'm going to get real preachy here for a second. Okay. Because less, less to the, it's less that we are threatened by these giant and colossal squid. And it's very much that they are threatened by us. Yeah. Absolutely. Global warming rising sea levels, um, overfishing, they all have very real, real dire consequences for these creatures. They're not the cuddliest of creatures. They're not super fuzzy and cute. And Mm -mm. so people tend to like not, I think sea creatures tend to kind of like, you know, people kind of don't think about them as much, Mm -hmm. especially these ones. They're very poorly understood and very elusive and they weren't even you know confirmed to exist until (laughs) 10 years ago so it's just i feel like especially we see things happening around the country like we said this is march so we just had that huge texan uh freeze blizzard where people are dying and uh that's that's climate change guys so Mm -hmm. i think uh, it's only going to get worse if we don't make any changes and it's kind of up to us to do what we can to sort of protect and ensure that these like modern day like sea monsters that they have a future and Mm -hmm. we want our children and us to be able to survive on this planet so (laughs) let's do what we can you guys like i know and i know i know it's like it's it's much more than like the average person can do. Obviously, like huge corporations are responsible for most of our pollution and climate change. I just I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. It's very sad to think about. Them. I hate them, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be. You don't want them to die. Their home. Yeah, I don't want them to die. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> but. That's just the Kraken. I looked up sort of like sightings and they were all very, very like hundreds of years old. So yeah, <laughs> not really much to talk Same about. And we've all, we've all heard the tales and everything. So mm-hmm. I just, um, it's very, my, my son really likes sea creatures. Mm-hmm. He likes things that like can kill you. Like he loves sharks and these squid yes so i kind of have a little soft spot for them (laughs) i just think they're cute no but i don't know that's the kraken (laughs) very very uh that's the kraken the kraken (laughs) yeah love it but i don't hate it 
scary. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna. The older I get, the the more weary of the ocean I become, and I don't like it at all. No, don't like it either. I like the sand more. Where before I'd be like all up in the ocean the whole day. Now I'm like, mm, I'm good. No, I was never like that. <laughs> no, thank you. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, that was a cryptid episode. The bunny up couple, and the kraken. Two couple very cryptids. misunderstood creatures. Perhaps. Yeah. Maybe that's what connects them because they're very different. <laughs> yeah, well, they're uh, they're water creatures, and they're kind of strange. Mm-hmm. But true. who knows? Who knows? <laughs> well, but thank you so much for is, listening. Yeah, thank you. Um, we will be back soon with new episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like we've been saying, we're giving. Our, our dear Jess time to be with her with baby. Mm-hmm. So, but be sure we're definitely still checking Instagram and our yes. uh, mm-hmm. DMs and our email. So check us out on there. Yes, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of sit for a spell. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on all social media at Sit for a Spell Pod. If you have anything you would like us to discuss or want to share your own practices, please email us at sitforaspellpod at gmail.com. Until next time, blessed, blessed be. be.